Hey everyone and welcome back to the Rich Witch Podcast and my name is Renata Daniel. I am your host and we are going deeper into the book Atomic Habits by James Clear and we are talking about how your brain builds habits. So let's go into the book and read a few passages here. So a habit is a behaviour that has been repeated enough times to become automatic. The process of habit formation begins with trial and error. Whenever you encounter a new situation in life, your brain has to make a decision. How do I respond to this? The first time you come across a problem, you're not sure how to solve it. Neurological activity in the brain is high during this period. You are carefully analysing the situation and making conscious decisions about how to act. You're taking in tons of new information and trying to make sense of it. The brain is busy learning the most effective course of action. Now, after you stumble upon an unexpected reward, you alter your strategy for the next time. Your brain immediately begins to catalogue the events that preceded the reward. Wait a minute, that felt good. What did I do right before that? This is a feedback loop behind all human behaviour. Trial, fail, learn, try differently. With practice, the useless movements fade away and the useful actions get reinforced. That's a habit forming. Whenever you face a problem repeatedly, your brain begins to automate the process of solving it. Your habits are just a series of automatic solutions that solve the problems and stresses you face regularly. As habits are created, the level of activity in the brain decreases. You learn to lock in on the cues that predict success and tune out everything else. When a similar situation arises in the future, you know exactly what to look for. There is no longer a need to analyse every angle of a situation. Your brain skips the process of trial and error and creates a mental rule. If this, then that. Habits are mental shortcuts learned from experience. In a sense, a habit is just a memory of steps you previously followed to solve a problem in the past. Whenever the conditions are right, you can draw on this memory and automatically apply the same solution. The primary reason the brain remembers the past is to better predict what will work in the future. Habit formation is incredibly useful because the conscious mind is the bottleneck of the brain. It can only pay attention to one problem at a time. So as a result, your brain is always working to preserve your conscious attention for whatever task is most essential. The four stages of habit are best described as a feedback loop. They form an endless cycle that is running every moment you are alive. This habit loop is continually scanning the environment, predicting what will happen next, trying out different responses and learning from those results. So you have the cue, then the craving, then the response, and then the reward. Cue, craving, response, reward. Cue, craving, response, reward. This cycle is known as the habit loop. This four-step process is not something that happens occasionally, but rather it is an endless feedback loop that is running and active during every moment you are alive, even now. So let's look at how we can create a good behaviour. So the first law, the cue, is make it obvious. 
The second law, the craving, is make it attractive. The third law, the response, is make it easy. And the fourth law, the reward, is make it satisfying. And we can invert these laws to learn how to break a bad habit. So the inversion of the first law, the cue, is make it invisible. The inversion of the second law, the craving, make it unattractive. The third inversion, the response, is make it difficult. And the fourth inversion law, the reward, make it unsatisfying. So when you want to change your behaviour, you can simply ask yourself these questions. How can I make it obvious? How can I make it attractive? How can I make it easy? And how can I make it satisfying? So habit is formed by the repeating it enough times for it to become automatic. The ultimate purpose of habits is to solve the problems of life with as little energy and effort as possible. Any habit can be broken down into a feedback loop that involves four steps, cue, craving, response and reward. And the four laws of behaviour change are a simple set of rules we can use to build better habits. And they are make it obvious, make it attractive, make it easy and make it satisfying. The problem is when these habits aren't good habits and they take us into spaces that make us repeat patterns that are destructive. Now, as we've been reading in this book here, um, and I've been talking about um, as I've been reading some of this chapter, we go on automatic when we repeat and repeat and repeat the same cycles. We don't even think about it. Actually, thinking about it creates a problem. It takes energy away from the other things that we do and the other things that are coming at us during our day. And so we automatically shift back a gear and go into those habits because they're easy. We know them, even though they might be painful. We still know what the end result is going to be, even though it might be unattractive and not easy and painful. Instead of taking time to sit within the problem and say, no, I can't do that. I must do it differently. We have other things that are more important during the day or are taking up space in our mind. And so we divert to just going into our habits. Now, as you know, if you have some bad habits, and I'm sure we all do, I certainly do, <laughs> it is so hard to move away from them even if they are hard and difficult and create pain in your life. The number of times we fall back into our whole old habits is countless and it's often shameful and it's often so painful for us to remember when we knew better but yet we didn't do better. So I'm wondering if you can take your mind back to what you did today and think about what you changed or what you did differently to what you would normally do. So when you wake up in the morning, what do you do? Do you get out of bed on the same side? Do you have the same routine? Do you go into your kitchen, put the jug on to make your morning coffee, go to the toilet, maybe have a shower, maybe stare at yourself at the mirror and think, yes, just another day. 
do you go and sit down and watch TV or do you uh, immediately go onto your mobile phone to have a look at the messages that have come in and sit down, have your coffee, get dressed, go to work? Maybe it is the children that you have to look after. What is your routine and what has become a habit? Because we tend to slide into this from the moment we wake up in the morning to the very moment we fall asleep at night. Not changing anything day after day after day. And it's interesting that we teach our children these routines as well. Often we get into a pattern where our children need to go to bed at the same time every night. They go have a bath at the same time every night. Um, Dinner is at the same time every night. Uh, All these little routines, we are brought up considering that routines are necessary in our lives so that we can function and we can function within society and the community. And yet some of these routines become habits, habits that are instilled so deeply within us that we don't even think we are doing them. It's just such an integral part of our lives that our our subconscious mind knows better than us and we seem to disappear in 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 amongst the the habit um, that we are following we kind of fade into the distance and the habit takes over so consider what you did today or what you've done today up to the point of listening to this and what you have done similar in the past in the past week in the past month in the past year and whether there's anything that you can do to create at least a little bit of change, to force yourself to know that change is okay, it's safe to change things. Your world will not fall apart if you change something small. You can actually then feel more comfortable in changing something bigger in your life. But if you make absolutely no changes at all, if you run your world as if you are just replaying an old song, a record or a movie that has been placed down once and every time you replay it, it plays exactly the same way. When change does come along and it's required, you have no way of dealing with it. You have nothing to anchor a memory in to say I've dealt with change before and it's okay it's okay now another interesting thing that has come up in this book is that the author here talks about motivation and environment when it comes to habit and that clearly motivation is something that is strong within some people and very weak in other people. And that often environment is the thing that leads us into creating habits. And so he gives a a example here with regard to people and how they choose products and how they buy things. And it is often because it's the easiest thing to grab 
rather than considering the time and effort it would take to maybe cross the street and grab it in a shop that you would have to drive to or walk to. I mean, we see this all the time where you know, we have a particular street with a set of shops on it and one side of the street does really, really well and the other side of the street, even though shops are just as good or even better, are less visited because it means that someone would have to cross the street to go there. So people are generally lazy and they will not make the extra effort to go and do something else or change the system that they work in. They will go the easiest route possible. And this is why supermarkets tend to put the items that sell the best in the middle aisle or at eye level because people will reach for that first. Even to the point where looking up or looking down becomes something that requires more energy or thought. The best items that are sold within the supermarket are often at eye level because it's the easiest for people to do. Isn't that weird? Weird but true. And we've got to always remember that to push outside of the comfort zone is where you are going to find change and where you're going to find that something is different and unusual and there is opportunity there. It isn't always at the easiest point and may not have anything to do with motivation. It may well be environmental. It may well be that it's not as easy as what is just in your face. So when you're wanting to change a habit, the most important thing first to consider is changing the environment. So what can you do to mix things up and place things, remember, we're lazy, place things directly in front of you so that it is easy for you to make that habit change. So for example, if you need to eat more fruit, don't put fruit away in the crisper drawer of your fridge where you tend to forget about them. Make sure you lay them out somewhere where it is easy for you to grab them in spite of the packet of biscuits that's sitting there right next to them. Put the biscuits away. Make them hard to get to. Put them somewhere where you need to step on a, on a little step ladder to get to them or they're covered in three layers of uh, foil or glad wrap so you have to unwrap them um, before you get to them. Make it more difficult and make what you need to eat more of more accessible. Prepare your lunch the day before you go to work so that all you need to do is grab it and it's ready to go. 
you'll probably find that if you don't take your lunch with you or pre-prepare, the easiest thing to do is to go at lunchtime and grab whatever is the closest thing in the closest shop and buy that. And not always is that the best food to eat. Another thing to think about is the context of where you find that this habit occurs. So again, if you find that you do certain things at home, you may not do those things at work. You may not allow yourself to do those things at work, but you allow you to do those things at home. The same thing is going to the gym, if you go to the gym. Uh, the likelihood of doing something that you would normally do at the gym um, is far less if you were doing it at home, for example. So uh, it also has a lot to do contextually where you're at. You're already putting in boundaries and laws with regard to um, being in those environments. And uh, you also allow yourself to do things in some places and disallow yourself to do things in some places. And I guess this is why some people thrive by changing environments or changing places or situations because the idea is that you know, if you change the environment where you're at, you can kind of say, well... I'm going to start fresh. I'm going to start anew. It's like starting a new job. You know, nobody knows me. Nobody knows my past. I can become somebody completely new. And the likelihood is you will. You'll change habits by changing uh, your environment in, in that way. So one of the things you have to consider is that if you do things over and over and over again, you don't like doing the things that you are doing, you may actually have to step out of your environment and completely change it uh, because that may be the only way you're going to get rid of a particular habit. Now, I've truly given you a lot to think about in this particular episode, all about habits and how we form them and the difficulty in actually starting a new pattern or a new habit and what it might take. We're going to continue this talk in the next episode because this is a really interesting uh, topic and I hope it's given you something to think about. So until we meet again, keep working at it. Bye for now.